Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate y'all joining me, giving me a little bit of your time. Glad that some of y'all seem to be coming back pretty repetitively. And those of y'all that tell others about it and share the podcast, thank you. Uh, for those of y'all that leave kind comments online, uh, thank you so much. I'm very grateful for that. It's encouraging. And we'll just kind of continue to plug forward, hopefully. Hopefully it gives y'all a little something for your toolbox, as we used to say in the Marine Corps. And I say so often here. And hopefully it helps our country even if just a little bit. And maybe it makes, you know, driving up and down the road or dishes or vacuuming, cleaning, changing diapers, conference period, lunches, working on fence, sitting at the porch or getting ready for work or sitting at the dining room table. Maybe it makes it, I don't know, enjoyable. Maybe it's, if I get to where I can do a good enough job. Maybe it's something that you can sit down together as a family and kind of look forward to as a, like a lot of them used to those radio shows in the evening and listen to it around the dining room table at the end of the day and get something out of it. But at any rate, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the people that listen to and share this podcast. Bless them and their families. Surround them with your angels. Protect them from evil of any kind. Fill their homes and their marriages with your Holy Spirit. Forgive us all our sins, both individually and as a nation, for choosing to follow evil instead of follow you. Please give us wisdom and give us courage. Help us know that we're not alone, that you're always with us, and that there are others around the country who also choose you, and that we have them as well. And God, my words here, Father, please. In your son's name we pray, amen. I'm going to have to come up with a name or something like that. Roosevelt used to do his little fireside chats, and I know a lot of people over the years have used that. There's something very comforting, though, about the idea of a little conversation or dining room table at the end of the day or maybe part of homeschool or something, the family sitting around listening to this podcast, maybe dining room chats or dining table chats. No, that doesn't sound very good. We'll have to see. Maybe some of y'all will come up with a better idea than I have. It wouldn't be hard to do. At any rate, uh, we're going to get going. I had something just come across my screen from my father that reminded me. If you get a chance, folks, 
I'm sure a number of y'all have been already, and I haven't mentioned it, and I should have, but uh, you might say a prayer or two for those people out in Hawaii. You might think about that. I remind myself of that often, you know, when I don't have or my kids or my wife don't have the money to, you know, go out and buy this or that or eat this place or whatever it is that at the time we think is just so devastating. I remember some of those people overseas and how they lived and and the total devastation that you see right now in a couple parts of Hawaii and it's uh, kind of puts things in perspective maybe prods us on to a little bit better action as well I, that's a huge topic anyway uh, we'll get going we're going to go back to Noah Webster uh, jump in a few of his quotes concerning education education is useless without the Bible. I mean, I really could just kind of stop there and just repeat that quote over and over again for the next, you know, 500 podcasts. You got to remember the quote. And, and again, Noah Webster, if you didn't get a chance, we kind of did a little introduction about him yesterday. Uh, talked about uh, just one of the things that I, I find fascinating is the fact that his Blueback Speller, right, this American spelling book, published a million copies a year for more than 100 years. Uh, and it had these Bible verses in it. Anytime, folks, that you hear, and we've got a lot of politicians on both sides of the aisle today that talk about making America great again or needing America to be great again, but we have very few, very few, I mean, it's extremely rare to hear them come out openly and say, hey, the reason that we're great is because of our relationship with God and Jesus Christ. That's it. Does that mean that you have to be a Christian in order to be an American? No, absolutely not. But if we don't, as a people, follow the principles of Christ, and if that is not, as President Coolidge talked about, if those values are not just almost universal across our country, which they're not right now, we're going to fall. We're going to fail. And we are. We absolutely, we're falling apart right now. And it's because we have turned our back on God. That's what made us great. That's what you see from our founders again and again. So Noah Webster, education is useless without the Bible. Uh, that has to be the primary textbook. You know, Fisher Ames, again, the guy that actually gave the wording of the First Amendment said that the primary textbook in school should be the Bible. Another quote from Noah Webster, the Bible was America's basic textbook in all fields. That's a great thing there. You know, uh, there's a lot of people out there that you get these little comments from, they kind of roll their eyes about, oh, well, you know, what are you going to put the Bible in? You can't use it in math or science. or The Bible, it's so easy to tie God and Christ and and into history, into the English language, 
So your English classes, your history classes, science, right? So many of our scientists, uh, George Washington Carver's a great example that comes to mind so often. Samuel Morris is another one. So there's a famous oceanographer and my brain just went away. I can't remember his name right now, but it's so easy to tie God and the Bible into the center of these different fields. Art, music, are you kidding me? Look at what we used to produce in those fields and look at what we produce now. Look at the art and the music that being Christ-centered, God-centered produced and look at what we produce now. Poetry. I mean, just, just across the board, folks. There's, there's no field, and that's why Webster says here, the Bible was America's basic textbook in all fields. Uh, geology, my degree, and I can't remember the guy's name, but there's a, a very famous uh, geologist that it just it ties into everything. God's Word, contained in the Bible, has furnished all necessary rules to direct our conduct. You know, and that's, that's another, it reminds me of the Fisher Ames quote, uh, where he said, we've gotten into this bad habit of putting all these little books in the hands of children that teach these myths and fables instead of the Bible. And it teaches these lessons better than any other book, than anywhere else. Right? Eighteen twenty-three. Noah Webster wrote, and in, uh, in his textbook, it is alleged by men of loose principles or defective views of the subject that religion and morality are not necessary or important qualifications for political stations. But the Scriptures teach a different doctrine. They direct that rulers should be men who rule in the fear of God, able men such as fear God men of truth, hating, covetousness. You know, we read this quote a few podcasts back, if y'all remember, when we're talking about picking political leaders, the way we vote. Um, you know, and, and the voting has become so important, especially, it's always been important, but what I was trying to say in the primaries, we haven't put forth men that fit these descriptions, able men, who rule in the fear of God, uh, men of truth that hate corruption, bribery, covetousness. And, well, where's the first place that we can really pick those individuals, those best individuals? It's in a primary. And we need, have to do a better job of picking those men. But if we had no divine instruction on the subject, our own interest would demand of us a strict observance of the principle of these injunctions. And it is to the neglect of this rule of conduct in our citizens that we must ascribe the multiple frauds, breaches of trust, peculations and embezzlements of public property which astonish even ourselves, which tarnish the character of our country, which disgrace a republican government, and which will tend to reconcile men to monarchs in other countries, and even our own. 
you know, there's a great fear of our founding generation was that people were going to want to return to a monarchy. And all these things that he just said, you know, how do we earn censure across the world? Well, by corruption. The people we choose. You don't think that the world, that anybody that has any sense of decency, honesty, morality across the world right now is laughing at us or crying at what we're giving away in our own country. I guarantee you they are. I, I, I 100% without doubt guarantee you some of the people in the places that I've been overseas are looking at us, shaking their heads, asking why, shedding a few literal tears because we are throwing away liberty and freedom here in America. And the way you do that, from the very youngest to the oldest, if you're electing folks, if y'all are kids in school and you're electing a school, a class president, or somebody to lead your organization, student council, Spanish club, FFA, FHA, it doesn't matter, band, if you're electing a drum major, if you get to do that or captains on a football team or a volleyball team. If you're in college and you're electing somebody for an organization there, whatever it is, folks, if you're picking people to be resident assistants in, in a dorm, doesn't matter. These qualifications still count. You need men. Men in particular, folks, unless it's an all-female organization, you need men who are able-bodied, who rule in the fear of God, who fear God, who are honest, truthful men, and who hate bribes and greed and covetousness. Or you end up with what Noah Webster talks about here, frauds, breaches of trust, embezzlements of public property, and it, it tarnishes the character of your organization, of your community. You talk about electing people for school board, electing mayors, electing a police chief or a sheriff, whatever it is, the chief for the, the firefighter station, whatever it is that you're doing, electing, those qualifications are still the same. If you don't elect good men, it doesn't matter how skilled they are in their field, it's going to bring problems. That's this idea that we haven't talked about in a while here, and that may be as far as we get today anyway. The idea of being socially liberal but fiscally conservative is it's a fraud. It's a joke. It's just it's a, it's a smoke and mirrors kind of deal. Eventually, your lack of morals socially is going to bleed over into your fiscal conservatism, right? Or your skill in whatever field you're talking about. If you don't have those morals, it's going to bleed over into that field of expertise. It just is. It's true in any profession. 
It's true politically. It's true financially. Gotta elect men that fear God, that are honest, able-bodied men who hate bribes and corruption. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless your marriages. Thank you for spending a little time. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.